owned shop in Loganville, Sosby's Garage, for all your automotive repair needs. We service all makes and models, Ford and domestic. We repair engines, alternators, brakes, alignments, AC systems, and more, using certified technicians with over 90 years of combined experience. We also offer same-day service for some repairs. Sosby's Garage, 200 Bay Creek Road in Loganville. Dependable, honest, and fair. Look us up on Google or Facebook. We'll take good care of you. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Welcome, everybody, to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strawn, the president of Paradigm Security Services. We are excited to be with you again today, one more time on Business Radio X. We're broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, located in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. In addition to Paradigm Security Services, this show is also brought to you by Sosby's Garage, as you heard in the front clip. Big John that owns it is really looking for a good mechanic. Give them a call. They're located in Loganville. On every show, we feature businesses and organizations and people, especially those that serve Gwinnett County. While all businesses have security concerns, not all are about physical security, and we'll touch on that and other related aspects of security as we move through the courses of our shows. Right now, we're coming up, of course, as everybody knows, uh, especially after watching the Ohio thing last night, that uh, election time is coming up in Georgia here on May the 24th for the primary. And it's going to be a very important primary. There's a lot of folks running, uh, a lot of very important races. One of them is, is governor, and among many of them. Uh, keeping an eye on the people that are actually running, learning a little bit about their history. Uh, as you know, I always say it is very important to vote, but it's just as important to vote informed. Know what the people stand for, know what their past is, know how they've done things, what they've done, and then make your uh, informed decision for that vote based on what you actually see, not on what mama votes for, daddy votes for, your sister, your brother, your cousin, what we've always done. That's not the important thing, especially in today's uh, atmosphere in our country where we're at. Today, I'm very happy to have a special guest. Uh, she is running for governor, and she was just freshly off one of the debates. And Miss Candace Taylor, how are you? I'm great, Rick. Thank you for having me this morning. It is so glad to have you here as a candidate for our governor. You know, let's just start out with something simple like, who is Candace Taylor? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I'm an educator. I've been 19 years as a public servant in South Georgia fighting for abused kids as a school counselor. I'm an administrator now. I'm actually on a leave of absence for the next two months, last month and this month, unpaid. And it's a sacrifice. My husband's a teacher as well. So we're a two-educator income, just working-class America. And I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. Put him first in my life. That's awesome. That's, we need more of that uh, in our government. And, you know, we've got not enough of it, as it turns out. Well, you say that, uh, you, you know, Jesus and faith are important to you. Tell me a little bit about that. You know, 
I just grew up in the Bible Belt in Georgia. We're a conservative state. That's who we are. And I was blessed enough to be in a family that took me to church. And I learned about Jesus at a, as a young as a young girl and built a relationship with him. And really, as an adult, realized how important and vital the relationship with him is. It's not just about saying, I believe in him and John three sixteen and I accept him and get baptized. It's more about a daily walk and knowing him and hearing his voice and it's a thought and knowing, okay, this is based on scripture, what I'm hearing, and this is what he wants for my life, and this is the plan and purpose that he has. And he laid it on my heart to run for governor, I think, you know, because I was willing to stand up for the people of Georgia, and I was willing to not bend my knee, and he knows me, the Lord knows me, right? I'm his child, and he knows that I won't compromise, and I haven't. I was offered another seat and encouragement you know you can probably get PAC money if you move to another seat you should run for state school superintendent or you should run for your house seat and you may even get an endorsement if you do that a big one and no I'm, I'm not I'm going to run for what God said to run for and what I have hundreds of thousands of voters in Georgia that want me to run for that's what I'm going to run for well I'm glad to see someone with your your focus running for this office uh, it's something that's needed I know a lot of people talk the talk, and not a lot of them walk the walk. And I know from doing some research on you that you do walk the walk in your personal life, your business life, and especially with the knowledge that you have that has that you bring to the table. You know, education is very, very, very important with us nowadays, more so really than it's ever been with all the stuff that's going on. You know, kind of tell us what your thoughts are in the education area. You know, I'm a hard worker. I've worked really hard my whole career. I work over hours, and I work around everyone else, circles around them. I just do. I'm I'm all in when I'm doing something, and people in the state know it that's in politics. They've watched me go all, to all 159 counties twice, and they've watched me go to some 10 times and just push and push and push and, and get in front of the people and listening to the people. That's what I do. Same thing in education. I've spent my whole career, you know, I get aggravated when other counselors aren't getting sexual abuse disclosures, and they're not pushing for those, and they're not investing the time and the relationship and the therapeutic relationship to get the disclosure out and save children. You're being paid a state income. As an educator, you should be doing everything in your power to protect children. So right now in our society, and even in Georgia, being in the Bible Belt, we're seeing critical race theory and oppression and children being treated differently and told, you can't do this because of your skin color or because of your skin color, it's anti-white racism and you can't do this. And it's all the way around. Doesn't matter what color skin, doesn't matter even gender now, they're discriminated against and, and it's always divisive. That should not come from public education, but it is. assignments and books being read and people you know teachers regurgitating this information to students and planting this in innocent minds children are born naive and anything they learn it comes from the culture they're in and so we've created a culture and education in Georgia and it's not you know that bad it's it's in every school system but not that bad in some but there are some that that's their whole agenda and they have social emotional learning requirements that go with the critical race theory and it goes hand in hand and it's teaching communism and it's teaching this oppression and then you've got comprehensive sex education that's teaching perversion and pushing a transgender identity mental health issue on children who would never even think this way because again they're created innocent 
So I'm going to get rid of all this stuff. It's, it's a morality issue. It's not a curriculum issue. We should be teaching academics. We should be teaching to the top and pushing Georgia kids to expand their thinking and their learning and their creativity and their high uh, critical thinking and, and getting where we need them to get to be productive innovators in society and then taking care of our special needs. And we're going to get back there. Well, I certainly hope so because we need to we need to get back to focus on reading, writing, arithmetic, the things that we that the United States has fallen so far behind. Uh, the pandemic is a, a nice thing to blame it on and all that, but we're falling behind in these areas before the pandemic, and we're just we're just seeing it escalate as it goes through this. And now with the critical race theory, the transgenderism, and, you know, people can live their lives the way they want to live them. Absolutely. But I am not for indoctrinating these small children with certain ideologies and ways of thinking. You know, let them be kids. Let them learn what they're supposed to learn to get through school and get as an education and quit indoctrinating the kids. Let them learn the things that they're supposed to learn as they're moving through and when they get older, they can make their choices. It's traumatic. You know, it comes back to, like I said, the nativity and comes back to the ripping that off and making them aware of something they're not ready for emotionally. Absolutely. We cannot sexualize our children in any way. I don't care if it's heterosexualization, if it's period, they're children. And that's when you come in with grooming and you come in with sexual perversion. And it doesn't even have to be gay. It can be straight yeah. perversion that's inappropriate for children and so don't misunderstand what i'm saying i'm saying children should not be sexualized at all zero and we have to get back to the constitution so reading writing and arithmetic absolutely and the constitution because the kids do not understand their god-given rights in the constitution Uh, i totally agree i know that my uh, my grandkids just went up to dc this past week and one of the things they went through, for instance, was the Holocaust Museum. Now, that is riveting, and it's intense. Now, these are kids in, you know, in middle school and, and going into high, sc- and into high school. And, but it's something that, you know, as intense as it was, they learned that it really did happen and how bad it really was. They're not teaching that in schools that, nowadays. And this is stuff that we don't need to forget because if we forget it, it'll repeat it. And that's just, that's just, that's crazy. Um, Second Amendment. Uh, It's big right now. Kemp just signed a a bill that uh, did away with the concealed weapon permit and all. Give me your thoughts on the guns and the Second Amendment. Well, my slogan's Jesus, guns, and babies. So you know how much I love guns. I have mine right here, my bag. You know, we have to protect our Second Amendment right. It's our right to protect ourselves for safety reasons. But don't misunderstand the Founding Fathers put it in there to protect us from a tyrannical government and to put the government in check to be small and limited. We, the people, hold the power. The power is from the bottom up, not from the top down. Somebody needs to tell our politicians that. Yeah, I am every day. I bet. Every day, I tell them. And they don't like it especially the ones in the state Senate, they look at me like they could rip my head off. They're going to have a real fun time with me when I'm the governor of Georgia. I hear you. But it's a top-down society right now going on in the whole country. And, yes, it's happening in Atlanta, Georgia as well. We've got to get back to bottom-up leadership, bottom-up public service, bottom-up trustees. If we don't trust you and you're not serving us 
you're not going to stay in office. And there's no compromise for that. It's in every state. We're seeing it all over the country. We're seeing a nationwide push. You know, politicians are like, I can't say rape. I can't say child molestation. I can't say anything about race. People will come after you. Okay, well, let me tell you what's happened. We've been politically correct for so long. And we have these one percenters on the liberal left that are radical, that are so loud and obnoxious on TikTok and on Twitter. And these people that have gotten so loud, everybody thinks they are the majority. They're not the majority. We're the majority. There's way more of us than there are of them. And we have to remember that. And we have to say, we're going to use our voice. We cannot be scared. We cannot be intimidated. And we cannot worry about offending anybody. And that is what I'm pushing the people to do every single day. Our government. Of, by, and for the people. Uh, I wish more people had that approach to it. Because uh, this, this wokeness and this uh, being afraid to say anything has just got to stop. People have got to be able and willing to say what they think, say what they mean, say what they feel. And, you know, which you mentioned something just a second ago, maybe think you, you got the Twitter thing going on right now. What do you think about this Twitter and, and the uh, transition with uh, Musk taking in? Now, this is not politics. It's really shouldn't be politics. But in the end, it is politics. You know, I hope Elon's sincere. I don't know enough do about too. him. My husband really likes Elon Musk because he's an innovator. My husband has some patents as well. And so he likes the innovation and, and how Elon has just made this empire for himself off of his creative mind. And I know that he's not a Christian. Mm-hmm. And so, and that doesn't matter. You know, he can choose whatever he wants to choose to believe in. I just, because he's not a Christian, I look at motive. So what's his heart motive? Is his heart pure, you know, is or is his heart for something else but he seemingly you know wants everybody to have a voice and I hope so and I I pray that this is a good move and that it's a move for the first amendment right and even if he's not a Christian that he does believe in the constitution and what it stands for and truly what the first amendment right looks like so I hope it's a good move Twitter was majorly censoring me Facebook's worse so you know I'm 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 hopeful maybe it's going to be something that's for the good well, and in that line, he's one of the ones that's talking the talk, and now it's time to see if he walks the walk. Right. Like I mentioned, and if he does, great. Uh, it's time we had more, you know, equality in this area because people have got to be heard. You can't be silencing people. Now, right to life is big right now. We just had a big controversy, when, and we don't even know whether this is going to be the final thing that comes out of the Supreme Court or not. But people have just gone bananas because of this leak. Where, what do you feel about uh, when it comes to the right to life and, and babies? You know, I got the right to life endorsement. It was a, like a three-hour interview. It was a long, grueling process. And I had spent my career talking girls and not aborting babies because of the trauma that it causes them, really. And because babies have the right to life, too. They are created and they have the right to be able to be born and pursue happiness in the Constitution, just like everyone else. And I hope that the Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade. It should never happen. It was a mistake years ago. But in reality, Georgia's sovereign. And our state and our sovereignty, we're going to get rid of abortion, whether the federal government chooses to or not. The federal government was created by the states and the union of the states creating the federal government it wasn't created for them to be top down right 
It wasn't created for them to dictate to us what to do. It's a bottom-up government. And I'm going to show the federal government that as, a Georgia, as the governor of Georgia. It's going to happen, and other states are going to fall in line. We already see Ron DeSantis doing some things, and Abbott has little tricklings when he's not being a rhino. <laughs> but we're going to see that happen in Georgia. Under my, my public service, we're going to see the people of Georgia rise up and say, this is our state, and we're sovereign, and we're not having an abortion. We're going, we're going to stop all that, and we're going to fix this prison system, and we're going to deal with opioid crisis, and we're going to get mental health under control, and we're going to take care of our vets. There's 700,000 in Georgia more than any other state, and we're going to get them off the street being homeless. We're going to honor them. We're going to see humanity taken care of in Georgia by a Republican governor who puts Jesus first, and there's nothing the establishment can do about it. That's that's just an awesome way to think because we've got so much right now going on that a lot of people are arguing about and raising hell about. You know, the particular ruling that they did is not saying they're not going to have any abortion. It's just saying it goes to the states to decide to what level, to what extent. Which should have already been. Which it should have been right now. Uh, I mean, it's a state decision. Um, election integrity. We've had a lot of discussion about that since uh, uh, the way that uh, Governor Kemp put uh, a lot of stuff out and put these boxes out, put the ballots out. I mean, there's just been a, been a lot of turmoil with, with regards to that, a lot of uh, negativity uh, spinning his way. Tell us what your thoughts are as far as how we get our elections back to having integrity. So I call it election fraud in Georgia. You know, they keep throwing away election integrity. They throw that word around all the time, those two words. We've had no integrity in our elections. And I can't even say those two words together because it's such a joke. We are at this precipice of either we get this right in 2022 and we hold them accountable. And I thank God for 2,000 mules. I think that movie in itself is getting people's attention and showing them this is blatant. It happened in Georgia and it is wrong. And it infringed on our right to vote, which is why we have a country. We have no country without our right to vote. We can argue about every social issue under the, under the, under the sun. But if we don't have our right to vote, fair, legal, we do not have Georgia. We don't have America. And for me, as I travel, and I've been working on getting 2020 fixed now for 18 months. I've, I've been all over the state. I've been to Arizona to look at their audit. I've been to South Dakota to the symposium. I've done everything. I've done affidavits. I served Governor Kent myself an affidavit demanding an audit. We've done thousands of notices off my website. People have sent those in demanding an audit, demanding an investigation. Never happened. And in fact, the Constitution's clear. It talks about a special session that the governor can call, and then two-thirds of the of the Senate that could come together and call it. They had many ways they could have gotten into a special session. You do the investigation. That's their role. They investigate what went wrong, and then they write legislation to fix what went wrong. Instead of doing that, and then if there were issues, they call in the GBI, right? Instead of doing that, they bypassed the investigation, but wrote Senate Bill 202 that fixed nothing. The only thing it fixed is they can't mass mail out absentee ballots, which was good, but they instituted drop boxes. Some counties didn't use drop boxes because they knew they had no chain of custody. Now you're mandated to have a drop box in every county. 
they made our extra early voting days. The Constitution talks about same-day voting, which I'm going to say to y'all, don't vote early. If you've already voted early, okay. But if you haven't, wait till May 24th. Vote as close to May 24th as possible. Don't have all this wiggle room for a month for them to do something with your votes. Just don't do that. You know, we need same-day voting. We need voting secured. And as I've traveled the state, I've heard people won't paper ballots watermark thumbprint recognition photo id it's a simple accounting procedure you count them you recount them you audit them you make sure every election secure it's not rocket science they've been doing this since the creation of our government well one of the things that you know they go through all of this and the integrity of whom this is is so important that people tend to look at other stuff and not pay attention to the integrity of it I know that uh, looking at the ballots, counting the ballots, and all that. It, somebody said one time, it's not uh, it's not the the number of ballots; it's who's counting the ballots. And unfortunately, that has a tendency to be true. And but we need to get to a point where no matter who's counting the ballots, that those ballots have integrity. It was Joseph Stalling who said it's not about who votes is who counts the votes or yeah. something like that. You know, I think we should call it election accountability because I have no problem arresting people and handcuffing them for breaking the law. Oh, and, me either. And this is a federal election. And, and the one that we're going to be in May 24th, you have U.S. Senate, senators on the ballot. It's a federal and a state election. And we have to decide in Georgia what we're willing to allow. And I'm going to tell you, the people of Georgia, we have more people passionate, pushing back, poll working, poll watching, videoing, looking, researching, analyzing tabulator tapes. We have more of that than any other state in the union. And if they think they're going to come up and they're going to steal 2022 like they did 2020, they're wrong. And if a Democrat wins, that's fine. It ain't about party. This is good versus evil. This is about right and wrong. Whoever wins, wins. But it's going to be fair and legal this time because people are watching. They are awake. We're not woke. We're not <laughs> left crazy over here. We're awake. Well, you know, you know, not sleeping at the wheel is important. You know, you mentioned something, and we're talking about the integrity and all. The border situation has gotten so out of hand. Uh, every state is now a border state, literally. And that, you know, that's a, a little click phrase that they've got out there but you know, the reality is every state is a border state because they're shipping people out coming across to every state in the union uh, most of them seem to be red states anymore but um, where can you see anything what do you tend to uh, have an idea of how can georgia address this as far as how it affects georgia georgia has more illegals here legal criminals than arizona that's a lot yeah Okay, it's a serious problem in Georgia, and we're having you know undocumented, unaccompanied minors being dropped off without an adult, and they're homeless, they're raping children, they are stealing, they're vandalizing. It is out of control. Our governor's done nothing. I want a state guard. We already have one for emergency responses, but I want one that's a carrying weapon. Go in, take care of this election fraud, take care of illegal criminals that come into our state and whatever else we have happen violence in the streets crime rates 40 percent up in atlanta other places as well augusta albany columbus savannah i want them to be able to come in and assist law enforcement 
Law enforcement. Law enforcement, they can't find people to work because they're not respected. They can't find officers and deputies to come and work. So we'll have the state guard, and they'll come in, and they'll assist when they need to. You get the behavior you tolerate. My dad always says that. You tolerate it, that's the behavior you're going to get. Absolutely. So we have to say, no, it's not happening in Georgia. You want to come here, you're going to act like you got some sense. <laughs> I like that. Uh, act like you got some sense. That's, you know, that would be a nice change for a lot of these things, including politicians. Um, you just went through a debate. And we've talked before about uh, the debates. And I know that uh, that first debate, they just had the two, quote, unquote, primary people. Uh, and I understand what they're doing with the how they poll and all that. But at the same time, you've got to look at just because somebody take a look at um, uh, Ohio, the people that were polling high, then all of a sudden weren't polling high. The person in the lead all of a sudden wasn't in the lead. And you, there's got to be something here to do that. Give me your p thoughts on how we fix these debates and your, your opinion of the last debate as well. You know, polling, if you think about the word polling, they're calling people and they're asking them who they're going to vote for. And first of all, I wasn't in the polls. We did open records request. I wasn't even named in the polls that I polling five, two, three, ten percent, right? As I've been polling that and these polls I wasn't even in. But the polls happen on May twenty fourth. That's the polls. And your vote is secure. Your vote doesn't have to be told to anyone else. That's your right to choose who you want without anybody knowing. But then they're doing all this polling, polling, polling. It's a media agenda push. It's an establishment push to make people feel fearful and intimidated and manipulated to vote for who they want, which is their establishment candidates. And I call them twin rhinos, Kemp and Purdue. They're the same person. They're the exact same person. They're in bed with China. They have tons of issues. They're the same. And so you can choose them. Pick your poison. Or you can choose to have someone to represent you that's going to be one of you. That's your choice. I'm giving you a choice this election. You don't have to choose the lesser of evils. People can choose. I know for a fact that I was not included in the polls they used. In 2018, they had everyone on the stage, five of them. Kent was polling third, like I'm supposedly polling third, which we know is a lie. I'm polling higher than Purdue. But they had Kemp in the, poll, in the debates. No question asked. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm in the race, we're not going to have me on the debate stage. Why? And why, if I'm the one that's polling at all besides them, would they not have asked me a question and instead they ask another candidate who has no polling at all and just got in the race in December. They ask her the two questions. Both of them asked her a question. They got, we got one question to ask and didn't come at me. But yet, you're scared to come at me. You're not going to ask me a question because you don't want me to talk and you don't want me to have a rebuttal. But you think you're the one that's going to beat Stacey Abrams, but you can't come at me? Are you kidding? Because she is the master debater. She's charismatic. You may not agree with what she says, but she's very good at what she does, kind of like President Obama was, at speaking eloquently and getting her message out. 
And you can't come at just a girl from South Georgia educator and ask me a question, but you think you're going to be the one to beat Stacey Abrams? Give me a break. And I did not get as much talking time during the debate, but what I said was powerful. It rocked both of them. They were scared what was going to come out of my mouth because it's going to be the truth. And I'm speaking for the people. And them silencing me isn't about Candace Taylor. It's about the people of Georgia being shut up. That uh, is a great perspective. I, I, I love the passion that you bring to what you say. It's so obvious that you feel it. I know that uh, some of the candidates have just been totally negative. Everything they say during this whole campaign has been on a negative basis rather than what they're going to do for the people of Georgia, how they're going to approach making Georgia better, making it uh, fairer, uh, just all the way around making it better. And the more that they talk, the worse it sounds. And it's good to see someone come in here with a passion that wants to do the right thing and has no problem about talking about it and and showing the passion. I think that is just awesome. I actually love the people. It's easy. It shows. I love them. I love all of them. I don't care I don't care what they believe. I don't care if they're gay. I don't care if they're transgender. I don't I don't care if they are the most conservative racist person. I, I don't care. I love all of them. They all have a right to be heard and they have a right to have someone represent them that's going to care about them and whether they live or die and whether they have to pay an obnoxious amount of taxes and their money redistributed for people who are already multimillionaires and I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the games. I'm running because I'm sick of it. I don't need another job. I love my job. I get to fight for abused kids and domestic violence victims every day. I love my job. My family lives in my hometown. My children are there. We're great. But we need another governor in Georgia, and we have to have somebody that's going to represent us and quit these political games. And that is why I'm running. I've heard you talk about the phrase morality over money. Explain that to me a little bit. Well, the Lord told me that in a dream. I was speaking to a group of about 500 people in a dream, and I was talking about putting morality over money in Georgia. And I was saying, we're not going to be bought off to China. We're not going to have Hollywood come in and dictate our moral code. They're not going to say, if you don't have you know a bathroom set up, if you don't have, if you have abortion, you know, stopped in Georgia, we're not going to come here and make movies. I don't care. Go back to California. We're going to put morality over money in Georgia. You're not going to buy our morality. How much is your soul worth? And I woke up thinking about this, and God just wouldn't let me go about it. And I thought, you know what, Lord, you're right. If somebody doesn't step up and quit caring about the money and quit caring about the power and only care about the people and the morality and our soul of Georgia, we're going to lose everything we have. And I just can't sit by while my children and my future grandchildren and your children and your grandchildren do not get to benefit from what we've had, what our men and women have gone and fought for in war. We're going to sit here and elect people to a seat and not hold them accountable where they throw away everything. And it's time that we take it back and we say, nope, you work for us. You're the government. Our tax money pays your salary. We will remove you as fast as you got into that job. You will not get to do it anymore. This government belongs to the people. That's, that's awesome. Well, tell me the, one last question here. Out of all the people that are, vote, or that are out there that are running, and there's a bunch of them, why should they vote for Candace Taylor more than they should vote for anybody else? Well, they should vote for who represents them the best. And I want them to do that. 
whether it's me or someone else, if they want the same thing we've had and they want corruption, do vote for the twin rhinos because that's what you're going to get, more of the same. If they want somebody who's going to fight for their children and their grandchildren and for a generation of kids that are being groomed to be mentally unstable, then you need to think hard about that choice. You need to really research every candidate. For me, it is going to be about morality. For me, it's going to be about the sovereignty of Georgia. It's going to be about the Constitution and putting it first and running everything that I do through the Bible and the Word of God and what Jesus says. Because in our preamble of the Georgia Constitution, it says Almighty God. And He is the foundation. And I'm sick of hearing people say that it's the separation of church and state. They have that so perverse and so wrong because the church as a business can't come in and control the government monetarily. That's it. That's the only regulation on the church. But the church is the people. We are the church, and we run the state of Georgia. And they make no mistake about that. And I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm not going to say, oh, you're right. I shouldn't have said this. I should have I should, I misspoke. I'm going to speak plainly to people. I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to be honest. And I'm always going to expose corruption. So they don't want me in this seat. They don't want me in there giving the people of Georgia a voice. But we're going to do it anyway. We have a grassroots movement. Movement. Not a campaign. It's a movement. And it has taken Georgia by storm. And there are other states calling me. Got one call from New Hampshire yesterday. They're calling me from all over. Candace, how did you do this? How did you build this? I didn't. God did. It's him. He loves Georgia. And he'll love your state, too, if you let him and you lean into him and let him help you and give you creative ideas. We're going to be the grassroots template for the United States of America. We're going to show the whole country. It doesn't take millions of dollars to win a race. And we're going to take it back to the people. I'll tell you, again, your passion is is just amazing. Uh, It shows. You wear it right out there for everyone to see. And that's a, a, an amazing difference from most political candidates. Uh, they talk a lot, but they don't have the true passion that just comes from the soul. Candace, if anybody wants to get a hold of you and help you out, uh, we've still got some time before the 24th. Uh, help you out by their physical work, by their monetary uh, contributions. How do they do that? CandiceTaylor.com. It's K-A-N-D-I-S-S Taylor.com. I'd love for y'all to join the team. We're door knocking. We're sign waving. We're doing, you know, getting some ads together, text messaging, billboards still, the digital billboards. I'd love to have y'all do anything you can do. You know, we function off of $25 donations, and, and that's great. We've raised about a quarter million dollars, and the other guys has raised millions and we're going we're gonna to take the state back. You don't have to have millions of dollars to win a statewide race when you do it smart. Well, it does sound like you're doing it the smart way. And thank you so much for coming on and, and, and being with us. And, you know, good luck in this coming election. I know that uh, you're going to put everything that you've got into it. There's not going to be anything left on the table. That's I have right. no doubt about that. I love Gwinnett County. I thank you for having me on here. Well, thank you for coming. And thank you for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services and in part by Sosby's Garage. Be sure to join us for the live broadcast every other Wednesday at 11.30 a.m. here on Business Radio X. If you miss the live broadcast, no worries. You can enjoy the show anytime you want by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Case in Point. 
please hit that uh, that button and join us. The program is available on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, or whenever you enjoyed your favorite podcast. Like I say, hit that subscribe so you don't miss any of our future episodes. To my guest, Candace Taylor, thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. And I am Rick Strawn. And remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets. <laughs>